Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Hey, Budgeteers. Welcome back to the New Money Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Nino Villa. My co-host, Sarah Jones, my partner on the airways. Hey, Sarah. What's up? Hey, Nino. Happy to see you. Always a pleasure. Where in the United States are you this time around? Mm, we are in beautiful Arizona. Yes. Well, welcome uh, back. I said that last last episode, but it still holds true this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, happy to have you back in the great Southwest where the weather is perfect. And uh, this is this is the time of year where... Like, where else would you rather be than yeah. the greater Phoenix area? Um, for me, pretty much nowhere. This is it. This is, I choose to be here and I'm, uh, there's, there's a reason that I'm nowhere else. This is, um, really, it's a beautiful state. We've done a fair amount of traveling and I'm just, I, I am so enamored with the way Arizona looks and the way it feels and the, the, People that are here are very friendly, so um, we we really do love being here. Yeah, there are a ton of hidden gems. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start a new podcast off on the side where we talk about all the him- hidden gems in Arizona. But mm-hmm. I I've lived here for quite a while now, and um, I'm still pleasantly surprised when friends uh, are like, "Hey, have you have you checked this out?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> it, in this part of the state over here." And I'm like. I had no idea. So um, I I can't remember. There was one recently. I can't remember what it was, but uh, yeah, Mm. there's all these hidden gems. Well, we're definitely going to have to have some conversations because uh, we love finding those hidden gems. And I think we've even in the just our our time of traveling and we vacationed in Arizona quite a bit. um, And we found a lot of places that people that have lived here for a long time have never heard of either. And so it might be a very interesting conversation. Exactly. All right. Well, today we're going to do like just a little bit of a... Uh, a different format. Every once in a while, uh, we come across some questions from listeners uh, and the alike. And so we're going to do an Ask the Coaches episode. Mm. And, and we're going to respond to a question that Ashley D. from Georgia has out there um, that I think is is going to be, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. Um, I think it's one of those questions that um, while one person is asking it, like if, if 20 people were in a room, 18 other might be like, oh, yeah, that's a really good question. Like, I want to know the answer to that. <laughs> so <clears throat> we figured we'd uh, we'd tackle that. So I'm going to kind of frame up uh, Ashley's question here. Uh, I, I summarized it, but there was a lot kind of in her mm. in her post that um, this is the best way to summarize it. And then we'll kind of pick it apart. So essentially what she's asking is. Should I stop aggressively paying down my debt for a month or two to focus on padding my emergency fund? And so Mm. Ashley's got a lot of things going on that sounds like have her kind of scared about like whether or not the car is going to need a repair soon and with the holidays coming up and the expenses there. And she she's currently just focused on paying down her debt, but she wants to know, like, 
she she kind of hit pause on that so that she can focus on padding and, and, and growing her emergency fund or what we like to call a peace of mind fund larger in its in in anticipation of some of these other things. And I will also offer that she kind of says that sinking funds don't really work for her. So even though she kind of knows like I could be saving on the side for holiday spending or for car repairs, for whatever reason that doesn't work for her. So she kind of wants to just do it all at once. Mm. So I thought this was I thought this was a great question because there's a lot going on in it. And I think it talks about some of the things we talk about, which is rigidity versus mm-hmm. like kind of doing what's best for you in the season that you're in. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that and, and hopefully give Ashley a little bit of guidance and direction in the right, uh, in, in a way that is easy enough for her to, to kind of implement and execute while also giving our listeners a little bit, a bit of perspective about how rigid should your plan be? How flexible should your plan be? And what does that look like? Mm. Well, you know, when I hear this question, you know, I, I've been in this situation before. I'm sure you have as well, right? And 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 so it resonates with me, that question of, eek, do I stop what I've been doing um, to pad? And, you know, my very simple answer is do what works best for you. You know, in the in the very simplest of of terms, is you do what works best for you. But I like that you said the word flexibility. Um, I like to bring in flexibility with the the um, intention that it allows me to still keep going on my path forward. Right? Like I have set out this this path that that I know what it is that I want to accomplish, and I know what I'm working on, and so I allow flexibility to happen within my budget that keeps me still on that track, right? I think there's a lot of flexibility that can help, that can derail. That's not the kind of flexibility I like. Um, I don't want to be so rigid that it doesn't allow for any, um, you know, forks in the road to happen for any flexibility. But um, this girl right here, I need to be flexible if it's going to work long-term. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think we if, if you've been listening to, this podcast for any length of time, you know that all I really want at the end of the day is everybody to have a plan. And so sometimes we find somebody else's plan and we try to implement somebody else's plan and we find that that plan's not working for us for whatever whatever reason. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a plan. You should have a plan, but your plan should be customized to you. And so when I hear this question, the first thing that comes to mind is, what is your current emergency fund or your current peace of mind fund? And why is it that amount? So early on in my coaching days, uh, I were, I would work with clients and I had a very prescriptive amount. It was, it was, mm-hmm. you should have $1,000. And that probably sounds very familiar because there are plenty of other financial gurus who will tell you to have a $1,000 starter emergency fund. And as I, started to work with more clients who had different financial landscapes. Uh, maybe they were high income earners. They would just flat out tell me like, you know, there's no way that a thousand dollars is enough. Mm-hmm. And so it led to really good conversations about, okay, let's kind of reevaluate and, and figure out what is an appropriate emergency fund or peace of mind fund for you. And so 
when I hear somebody ask the question, should I pause my aggressive debt payoff so that I can pad the emergency fund, it tells me that the emergency fund wasn't funded properly to begin with because there's mm. obviously a level of discomfort that is already present. And so there should have been a conversation. If, if this person were working with me, I would be talking to them about why, or like, not just why, but like, how much do you want to have as a safety net? And then why? Because sometimes some people can feel like there's never enough. And so mm -hmm. we want to want to kind of fend against that, but at least exploring how much do you think you need? Why do you think it's that amount? And and then once you have it, then moving forward. Sure. And, and I would agree certainly in this situation um, with Ashley that, that, um, you know, and I, she, you had mentioned that she said that sinking funds don't necessarily work for her. And, you know, I might push back on that a little bit and say, that um, she could use sinking funds, but maybe it's all in the peace of mind account, right? Mm. Because we all get to set the parameters for what our peace of mind fund is really for, right? It's not for one specific thing. And it's not what yours is, is not going to be the same for what I use mine for, right? And so she very well could be calling the peace of mind fund, her emergency fund, sinking funds, come up with a fund name for it, but, and set those parameters that this is what it's used for. And so then there's a discussion, right? What is the amount that I would like to have in here that accounts for all of these things, right? That, that would account for the parameters that I'm setting. Um, and so I think you had mentioned maybe some some car repairs or, you know, the holidays coming up and, you know, so she gets to set those parameters, you know, as do anybody listening, you get to set the parameters for your peace of mind fund. What is it used for and what is it not for? And then what is it used for then? Okay. What amount do I want to have in there that allows me to feel comfortable, right? For, for the purposes. And, and uh, I think we just don't, have enough conversation around that, that, um, rarely is a thousand dollars enough in today's world for, you know, even a, a younger single person, but, um, you know, it, it could be anywhere from, you know, 2,500 to, you know, $8,000 really, it just depends on your household and, and what you're using that fund for, what the purpose of it is for. Yep. You know, I, um, was working with a client once that when we met their, emergency fund was already somewhere between 15 and $20,000, but they were also in debt. And so if you're familiar with a certain numbered of steps, you know, somebody might tell you that you should take that money and pay off the debt and then refocus on uh, rebuilding up that emergency fund. And so that was my advice early on. And as, as I was talking to that particular client, she made it very clear that that was not going to happen, um, that that was indeed her security blanket. Uh, and that's where she just kind of felt comfortable. And truth be told, their household income could easily continue to maintain the $20,000 in the bank and pay off debt aggressively. It's not like she needed that money in order to pay off the debt. And, you know, truth be told, it helped her to build up 
a little bit of a discipline around the debt payoff. Like, yeah, she could have just taken the money and paid it all off. But while she was paying it off, she was also flexing this, I don't take any new debt out muscle that she mm. would not have flexed if she just paid it off. So for a slew of different reasons, I no longer prescribe to the, oh, just a $1,000 starter emergency fund is fine. And instead I like to sit down with my clients and actually kind of figure out like what's going on with their entire situation. I don't know, like a holistic approach to things. It's wild, <laughs> it's crazy. And it's right. customized to have a conversation to figure out like what's the best plan for you, a plan that you are comfortable with, a plan that you will go and execute because you actually believe in it. Right? If I'm mm -hmm. just prescribing all day long and you don't believe in it, then the, the chances of you going and executing are pretty slim. And even if you do execute, you might not execute well because you don't really believe in it. So instead, I'd much rather just come up with a plan you believe in so that you go execute it and you find success. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I'd have a couple more questions for um, Ashley and, and, you know, just maybe get a better idea of what was really going on because there could be a whole number of things. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if somebody's paying debt off so aggressively, um, you know, and something kind of hits that you're like, oh, maybe I need to beef up something or maybe, you know, I need to just pause this. And, and I think we've talked about this before, too, that it's OK, right? It's OK mm -hmm. to choose a different plan. It's OK to choose your budget doesn't it's not going to be the same every month. And so just because you are aggressively paying off debt for the past four months, just throwing that number out there doesn't mean that when you go to write your next budget, that that money can't be allocated someplace else, right? Because you're being aggressive just the same in another area, right? And so I think it's flexibility, right? And, and, and changing just because you've been doing it doesn't mean you have to continue doing it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think I want to say what you're saying in a very kind of direct way. And that is priorities change. One month, your priority might be, I want to get this debt out of my life. And then the very next month, the priority might be, I want to make sure that if I have a car repair, I don't have to go into debt to do it. Mm -hmm. And so as your priorities shift, so can to your focus. I've shared on, on the podcast in the past that, you know, I, for a while, getting out of debt was my primary focus. And then one day I looked at my very blank, very dirt-filled backyard and realized there was 2,200 square feet of unused, untapped potential back there. And at the time, I had, I'm trying to think how long ago it was and how old the kids were, but maybe let's say they were two and six. So I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old at the time, and my priority of getting out of debt shifted to... I want to build a backyard for my children to play in. And I'm not going to apologize for that. So as mm -hmm. your priorities shift, so too can your plan for, okay, I am going to pause how aggressive I'm being in this one area so that I can be just as aggressive in this other area. And then once you're, you know, if I was talking to Ashley and I, I would say, yeah, of course, pause. Let's figure out how much you think you need. How long is that going to take you? And so after the two or three months, whatever it takes, 
Then it's mm -hmm. now that you have that set aside, you can reshift your focus right back on to the debt if the getting out of debt is the priority at that time. And maybe something else has kind of mm -hmm. taken its place. Absolutely. And and I'll just throw out there that um, I think early on in journeys, you know, sometimes I think we get a little bit confused or we're not 100% sure really on what our priorities are. And and I've seen it happen where sometimes we justify things, right? We think it's a priority and really it's maybe not as big of a priority. Um, so I would just throw out there that having a conversation and really sitting down and, and remembering why it is that you started this process, you know, because she's definitely on a process, right? She's definitely on a on a path to make some changes and and clearly sounds like paying down some debt, but remembering why you started, right? Why it was so important to get that paid off. Sometimes we need that reminder. We need this, um, just to, to let us reevaluate where money is going. Are we doing this? Maybe, you know, maybe she doesn't even need to pause the debt payoff. Maybe it's just a little bit less aggressive, right? There's so many ways that she can go here. And it's really hard for, um, you know, to give a solid answer because we don't know the whole story. But um, if nothing else, it, it's not a one size fits all. And it's not you have to keep doing everything that you've been doing. And you don't have to stop everything either, right? That there are a lot of shifts that can be made as long as you still feel really comfortable with what you're doing. Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. There, there's definitely variables at play here that we are just not pervy to, you know, we don't know what the discretionary income is. What does it really truly mean to be aggressively paying down? And we don't know how much of an emergency fund or a peace of mind fund, like what, what goal is she trying to hit so that she feel more comfortable? And so to your point, like it might not be that you can only do one or the other. Now, the only small bit of pushback that I would give to that is that I I, just because I've seen it over and over and over again, and that is focus. When we try to split our focus, and this might be one of the reasons why sinking funds haven't wor worked for Ashley in the past, is when you start to split your focus over too many things, then you don't feel, or it, it might not even that you don't just feel, you might actually literally not make as much progress as, as you would if you just got super focused. So earlier, when you were talking about the peace of mind fund and the peace of mind fund can do have multiple jobs and it could be mm -hmm. part of her sinking funds, like that's brilliant because then it's, I'm funding the peace of mind fund. Yes, it has three jobs. It's, it's gonna be for car repairs. It's gonna be for a holiday uh, gift giving and it's gonna be for you know emergencies. That's my peace of mind fund. And now I'm mm -hmm. super focused on, I'm just like, funding this one thing, even though it's going to have three jobs, because you can figure out like, I want this much for emergencies, I want this much for car repair, and I want this much for gift giving. And then you have your goal. So absolutely loved when you brought that up earlier about mm. like, yeah, you're, this one fund could have multiple jobs. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I actually encourage a lot of clients um, when to do something similar, um, to that, that, and, and if that's something that, you know, listeners are thinking about doing, or, you know, even Ashley, you know, I just put the label on it, you know, in the memo, when I'm making those transfers, 
um, you know, so I can keep track of how much, you know, because I'm a numbers girl. So if I'm transferring a hundred dollars a month, um, into that peace of mind fund, but that's for car repairs. I put that in the memo so I can go back and because I like to keep track of how much I'm actually spending out of there as well. Right. And so if my, my balance is $5,000 and I want 2000 of that to be Christmas and a thousand to be car repairs and, you know, 2000 to be, um, um, you know, like a peace of mind fund, emergency fund, I want to just make sure that I'm in alignment, that it, I'm spending out of the right areas, right? And so if I need to replenish, so that would be my only thing, you know, just make a little memo so you know how much is in each of those buckets, so to speak, yep. in that in that fund. But yeah, I think, you know, again, it's about being flexible and doing what really works for you and the proverbial thinking outside of the box, right? That right. It, it doesn't have to just be for one thing. Your peace of mind fund doesn't have to be just for one thing. You get to determine what it's for. Yeah. So good. So good. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of want to summarize and, and say, you know, to Ashley or anybody in Ashley's position, of course, like first and foremost, do what's absolutely best for you. And, and I, and I get like reaching out and asking for like advice and that's, that's wisdom right there. So great. Mm -hmm. Like, it is wise to go and get advice when the advice comes back and it's like, well, if you're not checking these boxes, like move on from that advice and go on to the, <laughs> let's actually explore your situation, what's going on with you and, and that sort of thing. And, and, and know that as priorities shift, so too can your, your, um, your money and, and where you're kind of directing it and those different types of things and re evaluate what a peace of mind fund, like if you're still calling your emergency fund an emergency fund, but you're listening right now, I encourage you to shift that language over to peace of mind fund and then ask yourself, how much do I need in there to truly have peace of mind? Um, I, I was about to go down another rabbit hole. I will not. <laughs> I'm going to spare our listeners. Uh. I'll spare you, Sarah. But, uh, I think this was another great conversation about yeah. how things are not cookie cutter. They're more customized to each one of our listeners, each one of our clients and each individual person's budget and household. Absolutely. And, and I would say that, you know, for, um, people, if you're out there and it feels a little overwhelming or you're just not sure how to, you know, you've kind of looked at some of the cookie cutter plans, you don't feel like they're really going to work, but you're not really sure what will reach out. You know, you can have a conversation with me. You know, you can have a conversation with me. Um, you know, we can help you and, and kind of guide you to what would be um, feeling right for your situation. Um, because there are a lot of moving parts and pieces. And I know when, you know, it, it can feel very overwhelming and very frustrating because we're so emotionally involved. And so having that third party, you know, somebody that's not emotionally involved to help you kind of pick out the bits and pieces can be really beneficial. So I just encourage anybody reach out and let's have a conversation and, and, um, let's help you feel better and less overwhelmed with, um, where you're at financially. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're coming up on the turn of a new year as well. And so, you know, for anybody who's like enough is enough and I just don't want to do it this way anymore. I echo what Sarah just said, like schedule some time with her or myself or any one of the new money habits, financial coaches 
to sit down and get like an outsider's uh, third party objective um, observations on your financial situation and a little bit of accountability and a little bit of uh, pointing in the right right direction. Again, we're not going to be overly uh, prescriptive. We're going to just dive in and figure out what works best for you. Create a plan that you feel good about, that you're uh, mm-hmm. excited to execute, not just like willing to execute, but excited to execute. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Well, I can because I do it, but <laughs> <laughs> I can. I yes. But I hope our listeners, I hope that, you know, I talked to so many people, you know, that, that have never had that feeling before and it feels like foreign. Um, and it's hard to take somebody else's word for it, but uh, I'll just say, hey, take our word for it. It feels really great when you get on something that feels really great. Awesome. So. Always a good conversation and we will continue our conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.